Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 65. Welcome back. Thank you for your patience whilst I took a little break over the summer and thank you for coming back to listen to this silly little thing we share together and call a podcast. Taking a break has been so recharging and I'm back after the summer with what I hope are some really cool plans for the months ahead. And so this week, I just want to share a little update on some of the best parts of my summer break and let you know what I hope will be coming up for the rest of the year here on the podcast. So let's jump in. I have had such a good, refreshing, recharging summer. It was so deeply needed. Over the past few years, I've been really learning about myself that I need proper time to transition out of work mode. For me, getting into holiday mode is like running up an icy hill in a Mario game. It takes time, effort and patience to get there and a single slip sends you sliding all the way to the bottom again. Day to day, it's easy to forget what a constant nag email has become in our work lives and how exhausting the pressure to be always available can be. I know each workplace has its own set of expectations around replying to out-of-hours messages, even if they're not always articulated. But I have found that I can help shape those expectations and, in particular, Make it clear that when I'm logged out, I am logged out. That means this summer, with emails properly logged out on every device, I've actually been able to switch off from work, making an easier uphill transition to holiday mode, and I can highly recommend it. The other place I can find transition hard is when work and life have shared the same space whilst working from home. I love all the benefits of not commuting to an office every day, but it comes with challenges. In particular, it really felt like my living room had become a place that was better for working than living. And so this summer I made myself the promise to change that. I got new furniture, I moved things about and I love this little space so much more now. It feels fresh and new and relaxing and totally gorge. This year I'm going to try working much more from some of our co-working and other spaces we have available to try and keep this much more of a living space. I know there will be days and times I just want to work at home too. So I've got my eye on a little folding desk, something I can put up and pack down, something to work on and then put work away 
when it's over. So I'll let you know how that goes. But for now, I love my new living room. Speaking of transition, I had a real moment of revelation this summer about how hard it is for me to transition between the way I think about music for work, in particular, the really skills and knowledge focus approach that comes with lecturing, where I have to have a really critical focus to help motivate and develop students. And this open-minded approach that is needed for my own creative practice to thrive. In my teaching, I often talk about our inner critic and our inner creative and how we need to develop the two together, but they're not always in sync. When our inner creative makes things our inner critic doesn't like, we end up in writer's block. Sometimes the solution is to learn new creative skills. And sometimes we actually need to learn to shut the critic up for a moment and just let ideas have their time to develop. What I've realised is I spend a lot of time being that critic for my students. They're still in early stages of development and they come to music lessons or to uni to develop their creative practice and they need, they want sometimes someone to be critical alongside them, to help them develop the critical skills that sit alongside their creative skills. And so my critic mode is switched on so much when it comes to listening to and thinking about music. And so often then it's really hard to sit down and make things for myself and just instantly switch that critic off again. But this summer I have been trying. It's taken a real concerted effort and it's been paying off. I have, for the first time in ages, really enjoyed making music again. I've recorded a nine track album, which is the most music I've made in literally years. And I've just wrapped up some of the mixes allowing my critic mode to switch back on a little. Now the ideas have had their time to flourish and I'm now putting together a release strategy. I'm sure I will have more to say in the weeks to come, so I hope you'll follow along. Getting out and getting away has also been a big part of recovery too this summer. My week away in Devon with my family was totally lush and I got some really beautiful if challenging coastal trail runs in with some pics and reels of that on my personal Instagram at Matt Bromley. It was my first week away post-Covid, post-pandemic, whatever we're calling this time and I know Devon isn't exactly a million miles away but it felt really hopeful that holidays and travel can be back. And it made me really excited for potential travel plans next year, in particular when I really want to visit California. Also this summer, I've been reading. (laughs) And so here are a few of the books that I've really, really loved. Burnt Coat 
by Sarah Hall. Set in a fictional pandemic very similar to our own, this story is about an artist who is dying. That's not a spoiler, by the way, it's on the back cover. It's beautifully, beautifully told. A Certain Kind of Hunger by Chelsea Summers. I'm not fully sure if I'm recommending this book or not, but it was so dark and delicious. I kind of can't stop thinking about it. If a book about a murderous cannibal food writer sounds like something you'd enjoy, then this book is for you. Because it's exactly that in all its weird glory. The Family Remains by Lisa Jewell. This is a sequel to The Family Upstairs, so you should certainly read that first. Then I have no doubt you will greedily consume this immediately afterwards and be very happy. This book is Lisa Jewell at her best and at least my favourite. And it's dark and thrilling, and but it's so easy to read. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. God, I loved this book. It's like Ready Player One meets the Fault in Our Stars. It starts with two kids who make friends whilst playing video games in a hospital ward. And then they go on to grow up and make video games together. It's heartbreaking and joyous and geeky and I loved it. Since I Laid My Burden Down by Brontes Purnell. Oh, I love this book. It's tender and outrageous and funny and heartbreaking and a little explicit gay sex thrown into. It's a brilliant book. Dreamland by Rosa Rankin Gee. God, this book was good. It's a dystopian novel set in the not-too-distant potential future, realities of climate change and political unrest. It is so, so well written, and if someone does not make this into a movie, I'm going to be so mad. Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl by Andrea Lawler. This book, this book. It's hard to even explain what this book is because it is so unlike anything else I've ever read, but it was just so brilliant. It's this weird exploration of gender and sexuality seen through the lens of Paul, whose body can change shape. It It's just brilliantly written, including some very sexually explicit sections making it slightly awkward to read whilst I was on holiday with my family. Um, but I just can't get over how good this book was. Talking of stories, another thing I've been up to this summer is actually writing some short stories of my own. I've been toying with the idea of reading some of them here on the podcast as works in progress or to get your feedback on, and hopefully you'll enjoy them. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, please do let me know. Finally, this morning, my letter to future me arrived. And 
I'm about to open it and remember what I wrote to myself three months ago. If it slipped your mind, which I can't blame you for because I also had totally forgotten about this until it arrived in my emails this morning. Or perhaps you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 60 when I finished my course of cognitive behavioural therapy and my therapist Rose got me to write a letter to myself in three months' time. Well, here we are. It's been three months and it's arrived. Reading it, I'm not going to lie, it made me cry. Good work past me and it's a beautiful reminder of progress I made earlier this year, which I have had already started to kind of take for granted and things which I had learned along the way in that process, which can so easily be forgotten. I'm going to wrap this episode up right now and write myself another letter for another three months time to see what future me makes of me when I get there and all the things I've learnt and all the nourishment I've found in holiday and creative projects over this summer. So welcome back and I'll see you in two weeks time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.